0: that song this week and i don't think we've sung that in years and years there's a whole bunch of other ones that go with it i'm redeemed i've been bought by the blood of the lamb i'm redeemed i have the blessings of abraham over spiritual death and poverty every sickness and disease i'm redeemed thank god i'm redeemed you know i like some of those songs because it's good to declare what the bible says about you so many people get up, and if you're putting into a song, I'm so tired, I really didn't want to get out of bed. I'm so tired, I really hate my boss. My bills are all piling up. I just don't know if I've got enough. I'm so tired, I think I'll go back to sleep. You may not sing it, but so many people talk that. Oh my goodness. You hear them just in little conversations all over the place, and they're talking what they believe. I believe greater things than what I see with my eyes. You know, faith is going, is, as, a, as the Bible says it, is not based upon what you can see. It's about what God has said and what you're willing to believe about it. Amen? Well, we're not getting back into a lesson on faith. We already did that this year. We started last week on a new series on who we are in Christ Jesus and our identification with Him. And I just want to take a moment before I get any farther, just welcome those of you who are watching via the internet. It's so glad you tuned in with us. And just go ahead, join right in, and pull on the Spirit that's already on the inside of you. It's just like you're sitting here with us. So whatever you need, the Holy Spirit will get to you. And I may just go off on a rabbit trail and talk about something completely different. Um but pull on the Holy Spirit. And that goes for you too, sitting here in this building. Thank you for being here with us. We started a series last week on identification in Christ. And why don't we go back to this verse in Acts chapter 19, verse 11 says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. It wasn't Jesus in whom we believe. It wasn't Jesus who we serve. It was Jesus who the guy we've seen do this was preaching. So it's not something that they have a personal relationship with them. This is something they're trying to mimic. And I'll go ahead and give you a little insight into this. They wanted to mimic it for their own gain. You know, if we look at Philip the sorcerer, when he saw that Peter and John would lay hands on the people and they would be filled with the Holy Spirit, he immediately offered them money and said, give me this gift because he was thinking I can make people pay for this. And Peter and John said, this is not something you can buy. This comes strictly from God. So these Jewish exorcists were not trying to become part of the family. They were trying to make a buck. And it says, also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, Who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said. Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? And then the man whom the evil spirit was. Leaped on them. Overpowered them. And prevailed against him. So that they fled out of the house. Naked and wounded i just love that story they tried to get out there make a profit and this one demon possessed guy overpowers the seven of them strips them naked gives them a beating and sends them flying out of the house but the important part about this story is the statement that the spirit said back to them jesus i know and paul i know but who are you And the sad reality is that most Christians have no idea who they are in Christ Jesus and they have no idea the true nature and character of Father God. And so last week we preached a message to you called Shake the Family Tree. And so often we identify with where we've come from, whether we're of German descent or Russian or English or whatever you may be. You don't have to just identify with that because I tell you the truth, you go far back enough and we all meet at Adam. So you may have looking at your recent history, but uh, God's looking at a different ancestry for you. And so many Christians fail to believe because they haven't the slightest clue who God is or who they are in relation to Him. And so our main verse for this, set, this uh, series that we're going to be doing is found here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And I promise I will slow down and stop talking so fast. In a verse 17, it says, Therefore... Meaning, because of something that has happened, and the something that they were talking about was Jesus, it says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say, is. That is a present tense reality. Those who have received Jesus are new creations, not going to be new creations. It's something that you already have. And it says, old things have passed away meaning it's already taken place and behold all things have become new now i've highlighted that in red in christ Because throughout the New Testament, specifically in the epistles, you will find 140 statements similar to this. In Christ, by whom, in whom, through whom, by Jesus, by God, because of Jesus. Similar statements. You'll find 140 of them throughout the New Testament. And they all speak about what has been done to you because of Jesus, what can be done through you because of Jesus, what can be done for you because of Jesus, and the the uniting factor in all of it is Jesus. So it's not about your ability, it's not about what you can work up, all of these verses are about what he has done. And we have to understand that everything in the New Testament is written from the perspective of the finished work of Christ. Why do we call it the finished work? Because when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Meaning I have done a work and most Christians have never bothered to find out what the work was or how far it actually went. And so we're, this is our main verse. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So say, I am a new creation. I, a new creation. I, have I have been created in Christ Jesus. You've got a new ancestry. You've got a new family tree. It doesn't begin with your parents, your grandparents, or wherever you relate it back to. It begins in Jesus because you are in Christ Jesus. You know, if you want to think of it this way, it's kind of like we're now playing a new game. We used to play a different game. So let's say it was flag football. How do you play flag football? You know, they put these little these little ribbons on you. They tie you don't tie them on. You kind of tuck them in your pants. And as the person with the football is running, what you do is you try and grab the ribbon. And when you grab the ribbon, hey, that then That down is done and everybody stops and resets. Say that was the old game you were playing. You want to know the new one you're playing? You're playing full contact football. But not not only are you playing full contact football, you are the Hulk. In full out Hulk smash mode, playing against some hunger strike, nut cruncher, granola (laughs) environmentalist who hasn't eaten in 30 days. You could breathe on them and they would fall over. You can shake the ground and they'll fall over. That's how much the game has changed. It's not an effort of, can I grab hold of something? You have been pumped up with so much Hulk juice, you're ripping right out of your shirt. And the enemy that you are fighting against cannot stand a chance. The rules have changed and so has the game. We need to stop playing by the old rules. So with that in mind, let's go over to John chapter 3. And this is where we're going to be preaching out of today. John chapter 3 and in verse 1 it says this, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came by Jesus by night and said to him, so first let's just think about this for a second, he came at night And he's a Pharisee. These are the guys that we usually find in opposition to Jesus. And so he comes by night. Why does he come by night? He doesn't want anybody to see him. He doesn't want anybody to know that he's talking to Jesus and that he's got questions. And so he says, Rabbi, we know. He says, we. So this is a discussion that him and the other Pharisees have been having. We know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus tells Jesus, we understand that you're actually from God. You know that they, some of them accused him of saying, you're not from God, you're actually filled with demons, and that's why the demons listen to you. And Jesus said, a house divided against itself will fall. He said, I didn't come from, I've told you I've come down from the Father, but you did not believe me. So they've actually, behind closed doors, recognized that, yeah, Jesus is doing a good work and it's from God, but yet they were still not willing to follow. So Jesus hears him say these things and the conversation takes a left turn. And Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, why did Jesus take this turn with Nicodemus? Nicodemus recognized that God is the author of what Jesus is doing, and he's wanting to see how to do it himself. And so Jesus just cuts through all the red tape, all the different conversations, and says, Nicodemus, you want to walk like I walk? There's only one way. You have to be born again, or you won't see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And all the mothers in here said, heck no. (laughs) It was bad enough the first time with a little baby. So Nicodemus is not catching what Jesus is really saying here. And so Jesus comes back with him and he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So Jesus talks about two different births in this passage. The first one... Birth of water, that's your natural, physical birth. And then he says, birth of the Spirit, that is your relation and your union with Jesus. When you get saved, you become, as we say, born again. Meaning there was a something that took place and there's that new creation created in Christ Jesus that takes place. There's the two births. There's your physical, natural birth and then your spiritual birth. So your physical natural birth identifies you with your background and your family, but your second born-again experience identifies you with Jesus. So we have to always have this conversation with ourselves, which lineage do I want to live out of? Well, John 4.24 says that God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Meaning if you want to have fellowship with God and have communication and have a relation with all of his blessings, we don't do that out of our natural man and our natural heritage. We do that out of our spiritual being. And so Jesus is trying to explain these things to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is not getting it. How do we know he's not getting it? Because he must have had a dumbfounded look on his face like, I'm not following Jesus, because in verse 7 it says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Why does he say do not marvel? Because obviously he was marveling like, I don't follow Jesus. And so in verse 8, he says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So Jesus gives Nicodemus an example. Now, thinking about Jesus' example, can you see the wind? So it's something that you can't see with your eyes. It's not something that is like, oh, here I can see this wooden pulpit right here before me. You can't see the wind, but you can feel its effects, right? When you're out there on a beautiful fall day, there'll be a nice breeze just blowing against you. It's wonderful. I love a nice breeze, especially on a nice hot fall day. Fall, it's my favorite time of year. I'm so glad we're approaching it. But you can feel that breeze. You can't see it, but it has very real effects on your physical surroundings. You know, what happens when the wind gets real hyped up? We get things like tornadoes and hurricanes. Just recently, just outside of Smith Falls, we had a mini tornado go through and blow two barns away. You may not have been able to see that wind, but you saw its effects. So what Jesus was trying to say to Nicodemus, there's something that you don't see and perceive with your natural faculties, but has a very real effect on this physical realm. And Christians as a whole have been very bad about treating the things of the Spirit as airy, fairy out there. But you have to understand that the things of God and the new creation that you have been created in Christ Jesus have very real effects. On your physical realm. It may start in the spirit with God, but it finishes with His blessings, overwhelming you in this life. It may start with healing being, all finished in Jesus, but when it hits your body and heals that thing to the uttermost to as far as it can go, so that you're better than you ever were, it has real physical results. and now so we don't need to keep them separate that this is flesh and that is spirit let the spirit flow into your flesh and have a revolution in your life so nicodemus answers and said how can these things be it's a good question nicodemus how did how did this happen jesus and so jesus answered and said to him Are you a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Meaning you should have an understanding about the realities of God and the spiritual realm. You're the one that's supposed to be teaching these people. And Jesus said, I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe it when I tell you about heavenly things? So Nicodemus wasn't getting it because he didn't understand where his heritage actually comes from. And so this morning, I want to preach a message to you called A Tale of Two Men. You may have heard of A Tale of Two Cities, but it's a little bit different take. We're doing A Tale of Two Men. And so the first man that we're going to talk about is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, and his name is Adam. It says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And whenever we talk about sin, I want to always remind you we're not talking about murder and rape and all the other bad things we like to classify it as. What sin means is to miss the mark. Meaning you've screwed up in any way, big or small, sin encompasses it all. So when we're talking about sin, it's talking about there's something that Adam had a target he was supposed to hit and he missed it. So that's what we're talking about in the context. So to understand when it says Adam sinned, we need to go all the way back to the beginning. In Genesis chapter 2, in verse 15, it says, The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend it and to watch over it. Everybody say that with me. To tend it and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat, of the fruit of every tree in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat its fruit you are sure to die so god's only commandment to adam was everything in this garden has been designed to benefit you except this tree don't touch it it's off limits You ever wonder why God put that tree in the garden? Because what kind of life is it if you don't have choice? If you don't have a choice in what you do and who you serve, you're just a robot, and God didn't want a robot. He's already got the angels who do whatever he said. So, when he designed you, when Adam as the template for man was designed, he needed to give Adam the choice. You can opt out serving me anytime you want. Eat that tree. Do you want to stay with me? Don't eat the tree. Adam's only commandment. So in Genesis chapter 3, it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, okay, so he's talking to Eve and not to Adam. The commandment we just read was in chapter 2 was to Adam, not to Eve. And it says, one day he asks a woman, did God really say? You know, that's really how he always starts his conversations with you. He takes something that God did say, and he twists it for his benefit. That's why he's called the deceiver. The best lies have partial truths. It says, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And of course, in verse 2, she said, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So good, Adam has passed along the message to his wife. He's in a better state than most men. So she repeats to the, 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 the devil that what God had commanded them. Says, if we eat it, we will die. His response is, you won't die. For the first time in Eve's life, she now has contradictory information. Up until this point, she only heard what Adam and God said. They're the only ones around. And she's taken God at his word on everything up until this point. And for the first time in her life, she has a choice. There's what God has said, and there's now what the serpent has said. And everything in our life really comes down to that choice. There's what God has said, and then there's what everybody else says. There's what the situation says. There's what my body feels like today. It's what the weather looks like today. It's what my bank account looks like today. There's what God says and everything else. And it all boils down to that's the only choice you will ever have, God or others. And so for the first time in her life, she has got contradictory information to what she's known. So he says, you won't die. And he says, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, up until this point, uh, Adam and Eve knew good and evil. They just hadn't experienced evil. They'd only ever experienced good. You know, there's things that we go through in our lives that we can know will have horrible consequences, but we don't have to walk through the process to know that they have horrible consequences. Some people choose to walk through it anyways. I don't know why. But think about it. You've seen people suffer with cancer and die. And you know that it sucks, right? Doesn't mean you have to walk through the process yourself to know that it sucks. Adam and Eve knew good and evil, but had yet to experience it. Because God's choice was that you don't have, he didn't want bad things for his children. He didn't want to have to, them to experience any hardships or troubles which is why he put them in a garden that completely provided for everything they needed the animals were already there the fruit was already growing and supplying for them they didn't have to plant them god even told them where the gold and the rubies were even though they had no economic system god had designed a system that completely satisfied their every need they had no need to experience evil Evil was a choice that they now chose to make. In verse 6, it says, The woman was convinced. So we can't talk her out of it then, right? Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate. And I want you to realize that nothing happened at that moment, because the commandment was to Adam, not to Eve. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her. So during this whole conversation, Adam is standing there, but is not saying anything. Now, what was Adam's job in the garden? To tend it and to watch over it. So Adam's position in this whole conversation should have been, Let's get rid of this Mm serpent. But Adam remained silent. You know, we can't really blame Adam. How many times have we gone through things in our lives and remained silent? It's important that you have input in what's going on around you. Maybe you feel like you don't have the control. Go ahead, get in your closet, and you speak the situation straight. And so Adam sat there quietly didn't say anything with her the whole time. Eve goes ahead, says, it looks really good. And she eats and says, Hey, Adam, this is actually pretty good. And he ate it too. And verse seven, at that moment, the moment Adam partook, not Eve, the commandment was to Adam, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. You know, The commandment that God said was, in that day you will surely die. And the expectation was that it would be a physical death. But that's not the death that actually took place. It was a spiritual death that led to their separation from God. And it eventually led to a physical death. It took them about 900 years to figure out how to die. And some of us are speeding down the path at 30 and 40 and 50 You know, it's ridiculous some of the things I hear people say. Oh, I'm so old and I just feel so tired. And I'm like, you're not even middle age. Right, Bill? 120? So it was a spiritual death that eventually led to a physical death. You know, we have to look at what God's intention for them was. Because God's intention for humanity hasn't changed. He doesn't change his mind it says he doesn't change he has no shadow of turning right so god's original intention is still his current intention for his children and in verse 1 chapter 1 verse 26 is god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion so god said let's make them like us and let them have dominion what does dominion mean it means to reign over So in that moment, that moment where Adam suddenly felt shame, this is what happened. Adam went from reigning over creation to being ruled by creation. The whole equation was switched. He was in the garden. The garden provided for him everything he needed. It was all right there. And after that moment, we find the words that Adam had to learn how to work the ground because the ground was no longer working for him. And all of humanity since that moment has suffered because of that decision. But it ended in Jesus. And that's what Christianity needs to know, is that that equation was reversed in Jesus. That's right. We may have suffered up until that point, when Jesus came and then rectified the situation. So let's back to Romans chapter 5. It says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And I like a different translation that says, Adam's sin passed on to every man, even though they hadn't done the same thing. And in verse 13, it says, Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died. Meaning, everyone was suffering because of Adam's situation to allow creation to rule over him instead of ruling it. Even from the time of Adam, to the time of moses even to those who did not disobey the explicit command of god as adam did now adam is a symbol a representation of christ who is yet to come so what happened in adam adam sinned death spread to every man and adam is a symbol of what jesus was going to do though he had yet not come So if in Adam, death and lack and loss spread to every man, the opposite is true in Jesus. Next verse says, there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. What was God's gracious gift? Jesus. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. So the other man in the equation, we had Adam first, and now we have the second one that has a great influence on how you live your life, and that is Jesus Christ. And in verse 16 it says, then this gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment, which came from one offense, resulted in condemnation, which is another word for shame, which is what Adam felt immediately after transgressing. But the free gift, uh, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. Now, justification is another word for one we used last week, and that is righteousness. God has declared you Righteous. Perfect in his sight. You have been united with him. There is nothing standing before you. And let me tell you this creation doesn't have to rule over you any longer. Verse 17 For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. So Adam went from reigning over creation to being reigned over. By creation and in Jesus we went from being ruled over by creation back to reigning in life because God got his original intention back amen Amen. come on this is better than you're giving me response you have gone through a change of status you are not under the dominion of the identity of Adam any longer you are under the identity of Jesus Christ because if any man be in Christ he is a new creation and so everything that Adam lost was regained in Christ Jesus what did Adam experience in the garden? creation served him it supplied what he needed there was no pain in his body there was no lack at his fingertips he had whatever he needed god's original intention has been restored in jesus i love how the message bible says this next verse here it is in a nutshell just as one person did it wrong and got us all in this trouble with sin and death another person did it right and got us out of it but more than just getting us out of trouble
1: he got us into life hallelujah Thank God for Jesus.
0: I'm pretty sure that Adam's going to need a security detail <laughs> in heaven. You mean this is all your fault, Adam? You spread this like a virus to everyone? No, I'm sorry. No, nobody's going to be thinking that. They're going to be like, "Thank you, Jesus. You spread this like a virus to everyone who will believe." And so that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again because there needs to be a disassociation with the first birth and a new identification with the second. You need to let go of everything that has tried to rule over you and grab hold of everything that will enable you to reign in life through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold. You know what behold means? Take a look at. Which means we need to lift up our eyes and look for blessing rather than looking at everything that could be going wrong. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. It says in Romans 6, 3, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? Two weeks ago we had a baptism and it was a symbol and a representation of what we're talking about this morning. says, don't you know that everyone who believes was also baptized into his death? Meaning your old man is dead. It died with Jesus and it says therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we should walk in newness of life meaning if the old man died with jesus the new one lives with him that's right because did he stay in the grave no, he took all that shame that Adam felt in that moment that spread to all humanity. He took all that sin. Really, it was only one sin. There was not sins, uh, just one, Adam's. He screwed us all, but God fixed it. He took it and he put it in the grave and he killed it. And then when he got up, it didn't get up with him. There ain't no zombie sin or shame walking around. It did. And it stayed dead. So that we can walk in newness of life. Why? Because it's the God kind of life that Pastor Robin already mentioned this morning. The Zoe kind of life. God wanted you to experience life as He experiences it. Not in heaven. Heaven will be great. But Adam wasn't in heaven. Adam was on earth. And that's why Jesus said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Because he wanted to reunite heaven and earth as his intention was in the beginning. That's why Jesus said it himself. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He's not even just interested in you being alive. He wants you to enjoy the God kind of life here on this earth. So therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life, for we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. How is Jesus right now? He's enjoying life on the right hand of the Father in heaven. And that's why John said in 3 John that just as He is, so are we in this earth. Because we've been united You know what happens when you take two pieces of metal and weld them together? They become one. You have united the pieces. Hallelujah. And you know that when you weld something together, the weld is supposed to be the strongest part of that metal from that point on? The work that Jesus did is stronger than the two pieces he was putting together meaning it can't be broken, it can't be changed, it's forever done. That's why it's greater than Adam. Because Adam's problem could be solved. Jesus' solution can't be changed. Hallelujah. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters that is your identity child of almighty god no sin no shame just life and abundance so why don't you make these confessions with me this morning i don't identify with who i used to be i identify with jesus I don't walk in fear and anxiety like I used to, I walk in Jesus. I don't walk in lack any longer, I walk in Jesus' provision. I don't walk in sickness like I used to, I walk in the health Jesus bought for me. I
1: am a new creation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We give you glory
0: in this place. We thank you for the awesome work you've done, Jesus. Oh, that it forever stands unchangeable. I identify with that this morning because you have changed my identity. Oh, what a great God you are. Jesus, I thank
1: you for your work. Oh, Jesus, we worship you this morning. Hallelujah! So, so good you are. Oh, we glorify your holy name, the name that is above every name. Yes, Lord. Oh, we glorify you, oh Jesus. Yes, oh, <laughs> yes, Jesus. Go, oh, glory to your name. Glory to your name, O oh Lord, yes, it will last for a lifetime, yes, it will, yes, <laughs> oh, your favor will last for a lifetime. sing of your love over and over I'll sing of your love over and over I'll sing with every setting sun you're faithful thank you Lord you're faithful forever Lord so faithful Lord hallelujah hallelujah thank you for your gift Jesus
0: yes hallelujah well maybe you're watching us this morning via the internet or you're in this place and you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life it's a gift and what happens is God will hold out that gift but it means nothing until you take it and that's how salvation comes So wherever you you are right now, I want you to just go ahead and reach up to God. You guys can do that with me this morning. Father, we take hold of salvation. Right now, we declare you as Lord. We thank you that you have switched our identity. And right now, we receive your new birth in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer at home, I want you to get in contact with us. We'd love to get you hooked up with a new church. If you prayed that prayer in here this morning, we would love to get some resources into your hand. Just please see Miss Jessica and she will get you everything you need. And we say, welcome home. So Father, we thank you. We give you glory once more. We thank you. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you
1: so much, Jesus. Oh, we are so grateful, so grateful, Jesus. Yes, we glorify
0: you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, you guys are blessed. Let's have a wonderful week. Let's have have some coffee and fellowship.